You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. I'll get to say this later, but I want to start by saying this now. The Lord spoke... From, from right here on this stage, the Lord spoke of the things that he was going to do in, in Kennedy and through the Diaz family. And they were sitting right there when he spoke it. I remember it clearly. And I just, I just want you guys to hear the testimony um, based on what the Lord had said and just what happened in the last week. The Lord said that there would be revival in that hospital. What is revival but the recognition of God and his nearness again? The, the, the refocusing and seeing him who has always been and has never left and seeing him clearly again. And I'm telling you right now, I've been in that hospital. I sat with the Diaz's several times and that is exactly what I saw. I saw doctors and nurses that would come by on their days off just to check on Kennedy, to pray over Kennedy because it's what they did on a regular basis. I've seen doctors and nurses receive vision vision in their place of work as they're exploring this depth of God and they're trying to push and they're trying to find and they're seeking the Lord on behalf of Kennedy, some of them for the first time in their lives and the Lord is speaking visions and He's speaking the same things that He's spoken here to total strangers. And then last week there were two worship services in that hospital. Praise God. Does it happen any other way? No, it doesn't happen any other way. The Lord has done and is doing exactly what He said He would do, and so rejoice, church. That little girl has ushered in. She was a vessel for the presence of God, and she has ushered in a mighty thing into Lubbock, Texas, into that UMC hospital, and it is worthy of praise. Amen? Well, in the year 2023, what the Lord had showed us that He wants to do is He wants to establish His presence in every home in our community. And what he, what he showed me was that he, he desired, it was like this golden flame sitting in the center of their home. And in some homes it was above their mantle. And what, what hangs traditionally above our mantle, the thing that we want to attract the most attention, right? We, it's, it's the centerpiece of the home. As people come in, we want our eyes drawn to that. And it was the presence of God in this. And he desired that he would be the center in every home and in every life in our city. Amen. And this is building upon what he said in 2022, the promise that he will create a self-sustaining ecosystem in Sundown, Texas. And we're seeing that now. He, he would create a culture that would thrive when it should not, that would grow when it should not. We have people right now moving to Sundown, Texas on purpose. Can you believe it? I, I'm your pastor and I got here by accident. It wasn't an accident to the Lord, but I, I was definitely not seeking out Sundown, Texas. There are people in our community now that have sought out Sundown, Texas. And this is building upon what the Lord spoke years and years ago with Randy, that there would be a highway of holiness, that people would be led to this city and what the Lord is doing here. And He is doing that. This place is growing when it should not. This place is thriving when it should not. This place is going to be and will be and is an oasis in the desert. Amen. And he seeks to invade every home. And that's how sundown looks more like the kingdom of heaven than it does a city and a state and a country, is when he invades every place, every building, every heart in this community. Amen? And that's what he's doing right now, and that's what he's preparing us for and leading us into. But what does this require? We talked about it two weeks ago. It requires 
that He have our attention and that He hold our gaze. We must be fixated on Him. He must have and hold our attention on a daily and regular basis because there are things that need to be done on a daily and regular basis. We can't just have our eyes fixed on Him on Sundays and on Wednesdays. That is not enough time to do all the Lord needs to do in this community. He needs us seven days a week. That's not a bad thing. Just think about that for a second. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Creator of the universe wants to use you seven days a week. What an honor. He snapped His finger. He spoke a single word and creation has not ceased to be created. It continues and continues and continues and continues. New life forms each and every day because He spoke it into existence one time. This God seeks to use you. We should be honored. Amen? We must trust Him with everything in this time. He must be our refuge, especially in moments like this. This community must see where we turn, not eventually, but where we turn immediately in times like this. Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. It is in our best interest to trust in Him fully, church. We talked about it last week. He is seeking a people whose trust in Him is without borders. There is no barrier, there is no limit to how far your trust goes for the Lord. That even if you have not experienced Him in a certain way yet, you trust that He is who He says He is. Despite what you've encountered. Amen? If, if this God was solely based on what we've simply encountered in our own personal lives, for me personally, He's a pretty grand God. But that is not the limit of Him. Amen? There is so much more yet to be discovered, so much more yet to experience. But he is leading and needing a people whose trust is without borders. And we can't be those people any longer who look forward to our escape. Who look more forward to the Lord coming back and taking us to heaven than we do the Lord coming now and establishing heaven in and through us here on earth now. What point would there be then for Him to send the Holy Spirit if we were just meant to be in a holding pattern, idling till we take our last breath and go home? That is not the purpose of the kingdom. That is not the purpose of the Spirit of God. He said, I will send you the Helper who will lead you into all truth and righteousness. And He called us to go among the Gentiles, to go all over the earth sharing the gospel, the testimony of truth, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, the sacrifice and forgiveness of our sins that is not just for us, but for them as well. Amen? Amen. There would be no point in any of that if we're just meant to sit and wait for Him to come and get us. But the beauty is that is so often misunderstood is that we don't have to wait for Him. We get to usher Him in right now. What are we waiting for? He is here. And we get to establish the kingdom with Him in this community. Amen. You have been set. You have been established over this city. Matthew 15, 26 says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will bear, he will bear witness about me. And you also will, will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. He has given us all of heaven, church. 
He has bestowed upon us the power and authority of heaven as sons and daughters of God. Psalm 84, 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly, from those who remain in Him. Amen? And with this Holy Spirit, we must see those around us. One of the key things that He has shown me in the vision of 2023, the things that He needs us to understand is that we must see those around us as He does. Equally worthy of His Son's life, just as you are, just as I am. We must allow Him to focus our hearts and mind on the things important to Him. Amen? And we must receive this promise. We as Christians, oftentimes we are really good at giving. We are terrible at receiving. And we have to understand that I cannot give to the Lord the things that He has freely given to us for those around us. If I myself have not received those things, you cannot give away what you do not have. And if we will not receive this mantle for our own lives and for our own households, that He would be the center. He would be everything. He would be what is fixated in the center of our homes and our lives. If we will not receive those, how can we ever be those that give to those around us? We are meant to receive this gift and all that He is pouring out upon us. Amen? This city needs us, church. And we have been equipped to meet this need. That's so important. I need you to hear that. I need you to see that this morning, that you have been equipped. You are not lacking in anything. This is the beautiful thing. This, the Lord has been teaching me a lot about this, but this is one of those common scriptures that we read all the time. We think about it and we're like, oh man, that's nice. But He goes before us and He's behind us. He's all around us, right? What does that mean if He goes before me? Then in this day, He has already established everything I need in it. There is provision in this day. If I am in His will, and right now we are in His will, we are taking a breath in and we are taking a breath out of His presence, we are in His will, and there is provision for us in this day. We are lacking in nothing. Even in the difficult days, He has gone before and He has established His presence for you and everything you need in those days. Amen? So stop looking at yourself as less than or without. You are equipped and you are enough. Amen? Church, how do we continually meet these needs in our community? How do we ensure that we have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and a heart ready to receive this word that the Lord has brought to us? Turn with me to Luke 19. That's where we'll start this morning. It'll be in verse 1. We're going to read uh, three different passages. And then we'll kind of go back through. Um, so just hang with me. If, if, uh, if you can't get there, it's going to be on the screen. Luke 19, verse 1. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and he came down and he received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. 
And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it in fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he carried out all the more, cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood up and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight, and he followed him on the way. Luke 7, verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked him, asked Jesus to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them. With the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him in saw this, he said to him, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? And Simon answered, The one, I suppose, from whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What I'm getting at here is looking at these passages, especially that last one, the Pharisee, the one who knows the scriptures the best, who has studied this his entire life, has memorized the scriptures, who has known of the Messiah's coming and could articulate every scripture about the Messiah. This is the same group of people who when the three wise men came to Herod, he assembled the Pharisees to tell them where Jesus would be born. 
They knew everything. They knew the stories. They knew what they were supposed to know. But this religious leader of God's people knows the least when the Son of God, the prophesied Messiah, stands before him. Why is that? Because he lives in this false and foolish reality that he is in no need of Jesus. He has no need. Which isn't true as we know. We all know that we need him. But in these passages, those who receive, those with eyes to see, with ears to hear, those who receive Jesus are those who live recognizing their need for Jesus. Do you hear me, church? They lived aware of a personal need for Jesus and that allowed them to recognize what God had placed right in front of them, which was Jesus. They had the eyes to see when He was present. Even those without eyes knew that this was the Messiah because they lived with this recognition of a need for Jesus. They depended on Him. Do we? I've talked about this before with, with a few of you. One of my favorite things about mission trips, going to a third world, um, not, not just the obedience and getting called over there and the things you, that's a lot of fun stuff that you get to do and see a lot of beautiful people that you get to see, but the best part is seeing these people and their relationship with Jesus because they operate in this place of they have nothing but Jesus. They truly have nothing but Jesus. They don't know if they'll have water that day. They don't know if they'll have food that day. They don't know if they'll have money to feed anybody in their family. They don't know what the day holds. They don't know if they'll go out and get shot. They don't know if there's going to be some warlord that comes rolling in. They don't know what any day looks like. But they start their day with a smile and with faith because they have Jesus. And they depend on Him for everything. And they see Jesus clearly. They see Him in fullness and they see the miraculous on a regular basis because all they have and all they need. Hear this too. It's not just that they only have Jesus. They recognize that they only need Jesus. They don't need anything else because within Jesus is everything that they need, right? The birds don't have storehouses. They don't harvest. They don't plant. They don't sow. They don't reap. And yet their bellies are full. They have everything they need. How much more will the Father do for you? His son, his daughter. They live that on a regular basis. It's one of my favorite things about going to those places. They recognize that all they have is Jesus. And we've discussed this, that he is truly all we have. All else can be taken. All else will fade. He is the only thing on this earth that is guaranteed ours from the day we receive him to the day we go to be with him. He will never be taken. He cannot be taken from us. Amen. And we will never outgrow him. We will never outgrow our need for him. We can do nothing of what he has spoken without him. We live in a kind of Christian society in in America, in this Western world, that kind of almost has this unconscious mentality that you will outgrow your need for Jesus. You'll go and you'll worship him, but your life is your own and you need to provide and do your own thing and He's not, he's not here to help you. He's just here to be praised. He'll forgive your sins and then he'll get you into heaven and that's kind of it. You need to praise him. You need to try to be a good person, right? That's, what, that's kind of a culture that exists, especially amongst men in our society, but we need to recognize that we will never outgrow our need for him. We can do nothing of what he has spoken. We can do nothing in our day-to-day life that he has spoken over our lives without him. 
We must live and remain in this place of recognition that I need him, that I need Jesus each and every day and each and every moment. And when we live with this recognition of dependency, live recognizing that I need him, there is nothing that we can do. There is not a single thing that can stop us from doing what he has called us to do. When I recognize that I am nothing without him, that I am nothing without him, that all of my fountains are in him, everything of value, everything of worth in my life has only come by the grace and goodness of God. I'm telling you right here and now, I can articulate every single moment. I met my wife leading worship on college campus at SFA. Look at all the good that's come from that. I don't know if she'd tell you the same story, but it's been good for me, right? We have three beautiful children that we would not have without that moment of worship, and I was not there to meet my wife. I was there to praise God because that's what He allowed me to do. And if I hadn't been in that place, I would have never met Kendall. And if I had never met Kendall, when Randy called saying, you are discipling our next youth pastor, and he just happened to be on the way to get coffee with me, and he knew every good thing in my life, every good thing in my life is because of him. I have done none of it on my own. We like to think that we've done it on our own, but he puts us... In the doorway, he opens the door, he sweeps off the rug, he cleans off our shoes, and then he invites us in. Really, the only thing that we do is take a step forward. But he did everything else, right? So to think and to to believe that we will outgrow him, that we, we don't always need him, is foolish because we are nothing without him. And it is in that place, recognizing that I am nothing without the grace and love and presence of God in my life, that I can see all that he has placed in front of me. Is it, it is in that place that we can see the opportunities to establish the kingdom of heaven that the Lord has put in our path. He has gone before and he has established divine encounters for us each and every day. He has established provision for us each and every day, but I will always miss that. I will never have eyes to see. I will never have ears to hear when those moments come if I live with this false reality that I am in no need of him. That is the farthest thing from the truth. We are all in great and desperate need of Him each and every day. Amen? Each and every day. And it is this beautiful and crazy kingdom paradigm because in the world, if you have need, you are not one that can meet the needs of others. If you are without, how can you give to those who are also without? You can't do it. But in the kingdom, if you recognize your need for Jesus... You will overflow with all that you need. It is only by the recognition of need can we overflow with the presence of God. It is only in that place is my heart positioned to receive Him as He comes. When I recognize that I need Him, you will overflow with all that you need. You will overflow with Him and all those around you will be satisfied as well when you simply recognize your own personal need for Him. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That all you have to do is live day to day understanding that I need Jesus. And then you will have eyes to see and ears to hear and you will be able to operate and establish the things that he has called us into. Church, we are not meant to only have a little bit of him. We are meant to overflow with him. To exist in abundance. 
but we must first recognize our need for him. And in that comes freedom for the city of sundown. Amen. And that comes freedom for the city of sundown. It was a beautiful thing. This testimony of Kennedy Diaz. And this constant place that she stayed in. That this dependency, this trust without borders and this recognition that she needs him and that is all she needs. And to hear doctors saying, well, you need this, you need this, you need this. She's like, I just need Jesus. All that other stuff is great, but I just need Jesus. She, she has led people that did not know Jesus to Jesus just by her faith in this situation. And it was because she had eyes to see and ears to hear because of a simple recognition. Not because she was sick, but because she knew as a child she needed Jesus. And because her parents, I've never seen such a, a mighty warrior of a woman as I've seen in Debbie Diaz, because that woman is unshakable. Her faith was unshaken throughout this entire process and is still unshaken. And that is only because she recognized in her day-to-day that I need Him and only Him. And in that place there was peace. In that place there was faith to move mountains and mountains were moved. People that could not be softened were softened. People whose hearts were turned off and away from the Lord, have been reintroduced. This is the beauty of living in need of Him and recognizing that need on a daily basis because there are lives at stake before us. There are lives that need us to need Him and live in that each and every day. And when we do, we will have eyes to see. We will have ears to hear how we can be those that establish the presence of God in every home, in every building in Sundown, Texas. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.